All right, ladies and gentlemen, what do they say? We have um, work, uh, paperwork to do or uh, admin? Yeah, um, there's uh, some term I can't think of. God damn it, dude. Something's wrong with my brain. Stress is beating me up. What do they say? They say we got a... Uh, well, welcome to the show. They say welcome. we have... Uh, yeah, not agenda. Housekeeping. Yeah, maybe housekeeping. Housekeeping. Yeah, the housekeeping. Yeah. All right, yeah, yeah. we got the housekeeping, nerds. Buckle down. By the time you're hearing this, <clears throat> if it's Wednesday the 1st of November 2023, and it's 10.01 Pacific Standard Time, we are live with our second USAPL meet here at 3rd Street Barbell. We got a big competition planned for March 16th and 17th. If you want to get involved, I would click on that USAPL shit real quick because by the vibe we're getting, it's probably going to sell out. If you're not uh, wanting to compete, put it in your freaking calendar. It's probably near spring break. I don't know if we planned that, but I don't know. It's probably spring break typically lands middle of March. And it's also probably March Madness. And so it'd be a beautiful time to vacay out here in Sacramento, California. So if you want to come, have a good time, see what powerlifting has kind of turned into in terms of the environment, um, the community, and you want to tap back in or just have a good time yourself, come watch some big lifts. March 16th and 17th, 2024, 2010 Third Street, Third Street Barbell, Sacramento, California. And if you want to compete, sign on up. We have uh, a primetime planned. So I believe ladies qualifying dots is 420 and above. Male uh, qualifying dots is 440 and above. If you register and you get in, go ahead and just shoot the meet director an email saying you qualify for primetime and he's going to arrange all that flight-wise. So all this is on lifting cast. Yeah. So, yeah. so coming to us, uh, our, coming to thirdstreetbarbell.com or 3sb.co will not help you in any way in terms of... Yeah, well, a few uh, answers or admin powers. Yes. Yeah, um, so usapl.com to find the schedule and shit, and then it's on LiftingCast to actually register, but all, those two are linked somewhere. Yeah. Um, I guess next big announcement, housekeeping is the freaking term I think I was looking for. Um, we are now proudly brought to you by, empowered by Legion Supplements. Um, if you guys know, Jim and I have worked together for a very, very long time in the media space and business space, and there's very few sponsors that him and I co-sign on. Um, but this is a supplement company that just simply does it by evidence base, and we have a lot of friends uh, and mutuals that work with this company that stamp their name on it, and we talked to them before um, figuring out this deal. So, you know, Dr. Nadolsky, JPG, a lot of very smart minds also stamp their rights onto this company. Um, that is all evidence-based. It's natural ingredients, no artificial uh, flavors, no artificial colors. Um, so when you're talking about like actual health supplements, you can find it all here. Um, the fish oils, the D3s, the B, the vitamin Bs, as well as all your meathead shit. If you want a, a well-dosed pre-workout, protein, etc., it's all there. Um, and we got you a 20% off. So we had to haggle. We had to work our asses off. But this is the month to get her done. So right now we got the Black Friday sale with Legion. So if you go to legionathletics.com, it's literally buy one, get one 50% off everything on the website. And then you use code good company and you're getting another fatty discount over that. So go and try anything you want. Um, I've been taking the pre-workout on all my push days and pull days. On my upper body days, I get a fat pump. Um, we got protein and stuff rolling through the house. So all the team will try it. Maybe we'll give you guys a little taste test on the podcast or a video. Uh, but check that out. LegionAthletics.com. Code good company. The more 
you use it, the more good stuff you get in discounts and the more we get to continue to make entertaining, hopefully, content for y'all. There we go. What else is our Black Friday coming? Good Black Company Fr- Apparel, yes. November 20th. Mark your freaking calendar. Join the Discord, goodcompanydiscord.com um, for all early looks, access, and all the fun things. Uh, our biggest Black Friday ever. I think you guys will be really stoked on it. Um, the team's been hustling on media and content and the apparel itself. So good things to come for that. And then, you know, we'll see. It's already holiday season. Yeah. It's, ha- it's Halloween today when we're recording. Thanksgiving's in three weeks. Christmas in six weeks or something. I guess, yeah, probably, right? Seven weeks? That's crazy. Something like that. Crazy. It's amazing. The, the end of the year is always kind of just a slide to the finish. It's like like, yeah. like you're you're holding on for you know dear life, trying to not get sucked into the end of the year, and it happens anyway. Yeah, it moves fast. It really does. October hits, and then it's off to the races. But that's what we got. There's all the housekeeping, dude. Go rewind that. Listen to it again. Take notes. Yeah. Um, one thing I do want to shout out at this point is uh, our our good friend Eric Helms is now a professional natural bodybuilder. He has a pro card. Uh, yeah, up in Washington, I, I think. I cannot think of a more deserving guy uh, just by his general character. Uh, what and and then obviously there's the there's the physique that had to be judged for yeah. him to actually win. Um, I just. Shout out to him! Congratulations, yeah, Eric uh, Helms, Doctor uh, Doctor Helms, one of the the top of the list when I talk about in the industry. When you when you talk about experience as an athlete, experience as a coach, and then experience as an academic, um, he's got to be you know top three all time, all time in that list. So so a huge uh, congrats to him, and also a big recommendation to go follow and learn from him and Three DMJ and all the smart cats over there. Yep, yeah, a lot of f- fitness things happening. We had the American Pro. Um, a lot of people smashing weights over there. Uh, Branny, uh, in particular, I think 641 yep. was the record. Yep. The, the heaviest lady deadlift of all freaking time. And I think she did a weigh in 73 kilos. Something, Something like that, yeah. Actually insane. Um, clean pull. I watched her multiple times. I, I think I saw her squat and bench live. I don't think I caught the deadlift live. But I watched all, all the clips, obviously. And, and I literally just saw her. Three days before she left, I just saw her and Joe at, at uh, Dragon's Lair in Vegas. And they seemed good. She seemed stoked. She seemed uh, excited. Um, I think she, I don't want to spoil it. I'm sure she talked about it. She can come beat me up if she wants. I think she had pulled like 620, 630 the week before that. Oh, wow. And then I was asking him, I was like, oh, like, how you feeling? And Joe was telling me, he's, you know, he, did, he's, he dropped out. And that B just fucking smashed like 620 or 630. I was like, all right, then she's probably set up for a pretty good day. That's an amazing number. Yeah, it's a big deadlift, man. That's a big deadlift. Almost any body weight, definitely, you know, female category, but even at that body weight in the male category, you start getting the 600s. That's fucking strong. Yeah. That's legitimately strong. Yeah. If a, if a dude pulled that, yeah, strong at uh, seventy three kilos. A lightweight dude, we'd go. Wow, yeah, that's I don't know pretty if, good. I don't know if we have anyone in our gym pulling that at that little of a body weight. There is also, um, I mean, the the six hundred mark in powerlifting. I think strong woman. I don't even know what you call that. Still, women's strongman. Strong, strong woman. woman. I thought it was women's strongman. I don't know. I think in divisions, that's how they call it. I don't really care. But I think that's pulled six hundred for a little while. Yeah. But I don't think in powerlifting. Because it might have been with straps or in a suit right, or yeah right, or whatever, right. and this was like yeah, in a big old elephant bar and shit. This is like powerlifting competition conditions. Yeah, I think even the six hundred marker only got 
broken within like the last three years. Maybe so, yeah. I forgot her name. I'm sorry. I apologize. But she was on Ellen. She did like a little Hollywood tour afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um, for pulling 600, it's crazy. So now we're already in the six, you know, 40s. Is fucking wild. 700 will probably drop in the next five years. That's so crazy. Yeah, probably her, or Hunter Henderson, somebody. I mean, there's a bunch of freaks, and they're still like youngish. You know, I don't mm. know Brianna's age, but I think she's like 26, 27. Mm. It's not like, and she trains hard. Obviously, she's IFBB pro on top of it. So, yeah, um, in the last few months, yeah, like. yeah, she just started bodybuilding in the last two years. Um, but I think there's a, a very high ceiling if they can continue to enjoy themselves. Yeah, that's kind of what it comes down to. If you're not enjoying yourself, it's going to be a rough go. But if they're having fun. A lot of strong folks stomping around. Yeah, the just the whole um, you know bounce back from from the dieting uh, associated yeah. with bodybuilding. That's or the mental. Yeah, yeah, that. yeah. Because you're not really having an off season per se. You know, off season powerlifting's super easy and fun, right? And you're not caring about your weight class. You're right. going to buffets and you're just doing reps and kind of crushing weights, but. If you hop straight into bodybuilding, you know, bodybuilding process is 24-7. So you're dieting, which is just added stress, the amount of steps and cardio you're getting done. I think Dan Griggs uh, tried to smash 1060 on a deadlift. I saw that attempt. Yeah. Um, I think he got called for up-down, but, you know, in the general gravity battle, he fucking won. Um, really clean besides, a you know, a little baby up-down. But it just gets so hard. You know, I, I haven't pulled anything close to 1,000 pounds, but... Anywhere you get with a deadlift bar and up down is just like so normal. The bar is fucking oscillating like crazy. So you get 1060 on there in kind of a whitish stance. Your hands are all narrow. That bar is obviously going to whip around, be riding a fucking roller coaster on his way up. But congrats to him on a pretty good day. Um, I'm sure he obviously wanted to pull that. John Hack had a good day. I think, yeah, which is kind of the norm. It's kind of very rare to see him not have a good day. Mm hmm. Um, and even his bad day is still better than everyone's good day, so it doesn't even matter anymore. Twenty two twenty one at at ninety kilos. Yeah, I don't know if that's his best ever. I don't know. Either, I think but... he might have broke twenty three. I might be wrong. There's so many numbers, there's so many strong ass folks, I can't even keep up anymore. And then there's the whole, you know, like pro circuit that was happening, I think, with the USPA, but then that obviously failed because I haven't seen as much I don't know what to categorize it now, ladies and gentlemen. I guess the untested world. Um this year has felt a little quieter. And I think it's obviously because of the USPA stuff. Like USPA the year before was running the pro circuit. And so there's meets every quarter that are really big. And all these people, John Hacks, competing three, four mm-hmm. times a year. So you'd see these big names out. But the American pro, I think, is kind of on a lonely island. Uh, not that there's not other, you know, good or qualified meets, but not as many as big. So I don't think the untested world, I mean, all of it's in shambles. You know, I felt like it was starting to lock in a little bit. And then now fucking Powerlifting America's off in the left field. USAPL doesn't know what they're doing. They're doing something huge at the Olympia. It's international. It was supposed to be their huge international day. And then I don't think they could sell enough spots because then they're like, well, we'll take other lifters now too. And then, and then So now it's just, I think, a, a, it is cool that the USAPL is at the Olympia. Mm-hmm. I don't know if this is the first year, but it used to be a USPA meet. Yeah, it used to be. Um, USPA. And then same for those that don't know, the Arnold wasn't USAPL. For majority of the time, you know, that's a new-ish concept. It was always, uh, what, X? Uh, XPC, and yeah. it was off-site. Oh, well, wasn't it on-site back in the day? And then, uh, no, I think it's only been on site, sort of on-site the last couple of years. Before that, way back, it was the WPO. Maybe WPO is what I was thinking. Yeah, that was on-site. Yeah, and then it wasn't even USAPL until maybe the mid-2010s. Um, and then now, obviously, it's a decent size USAPL, and those meets were fun. We went to that, but 
Yeah. I mean, I don't know why those don't just become the new big meets. The Arnold's yeah. kind of been, I think, because people have fun there, but there's no real incentive to make it a big meet. Obviously, nationals, but even that, if you don't start to like clean shit up and choose some fun cities, it probably won't be a reason to go either, you know? Like right. the, the qualifying totals have gotten a little more difficult, so there's, there's a little bit of a badge to qualify for that, which is cool, but... You know, it's just a fucking cattle farm. You're moving a thousand lifters through three days. I don't know. And maybe that's just me being over it. You know, if you're young and got Bambi eyes for this whole thing, you're excited for anything. But I just feel Bambi like, you, yeah, I just feel like you got to fucking make something. There's got to be a reason to get big lifters to go somewhere. Yeah. You know, and I say that as we're running army, but I already just saw the amount of reposts. We got a fucking 300 reposts or something on just a baby announcement two days before our meet. Like, before the meet opens, yeah, registration. yeah, 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 like, yeah. We're eight months out still, but like, like money's one big thing, but like, just like little attention detail, just having fun, you know. Like, why would you want to go to, you know, I've already probably talked shit, but like, or yeah, why are you trying to go to Memphis Nationals? Yeah, and then I did hear some people didn't like Vegas, which is kind of weird. TwitchCon was just in Vegas, and I saw some stuff that they didn't like that either. I'm like, well, like, why not? And obviously, I'm biased to Vegas, but. But San Diego makes sense. Mm-hmm. Even LA makes some sense. If you're trying to get people nationally to go somewhere for an event, you need something for them to do the other days. Like, what the fuck are you going to do in Memphis? Mm. I know it has, like, some music back. Like, yeah, music probably. But I just thing. heard it's not that nice. It's not in a good shape of a city. I literally think it's the Myrtle capital of the nation right now. It might be. I don't know. I can't verify that. But uh, Yeah. Like, yeah, it's for sure top five. Yeah. So, like, why are we going there, you know? Orlando makes sense, and the Olympia makes sense, and the Arnold makes sense, but then those are just kind of regular meets in a, you know. Mm-hmm. Where is the Olympia this year, is it? Oh, Orlando. Orlando. I heard uh, partially, I think there's just too many events in Vegas. Mm. Uh, TwitchCon was huge, and then uh, Formula One. Oh, the Formula One thing is a big deal. I don't know. Giant. I was walking around there, and like, they're obviously building, um, it's on, on Las Vegas Boulevard, right? So they're going to be ripping through the strip like a video game. And then the, the the stands and VIP that they're building, they are movable. You know, they are going to mm-hmm. break down, but they look, they're sh- fucking structures. Yeah. You know, it's insane. And the race runs like in the middle of the night. That I don't know, but yeah, I don't yeah, doubt it's it. Yeah, not, it's not during the day. Yeah, I don't doubt it. Yeah, it's, it's like, the, like one o'clock in the morning or something like that. I mean, just the logistics on running an event, because we've looked at shutting down roads here in California and shit for events like, yeah, in Las Vegas Boulevard, maybe, despite all the money... Formula One has, yeah, maybe the only way they could do it was at night. Maybe. Right? Because, I mean, think of how many casinos, they'll make some money, right? Because people are going to obviously fly in from mm-hmm. fucking all around the world. Like, Formula One, I don't know about, uh, other than, like, soccer, and I don't know a more. Formula One's very international. Yeah, I don't know yeah. another worldwide sport. Yeah. Obviously, soccer's the biggest sport in the entire planet, but then yeah. Formula One might be the second most international type sport. Potentially, yeah. Or just, like, auto racing in general. Yeah. Um. So, they're obviously going to make some money on the back end of that because you're getting fucking billionaires flying in but to get the entire strip and every hotel probably to agree to shut that bitch down yeah it makes mm-hmm. sense that it might have to be at night and Vegas weather I mean it actually would be pretty cold it's kind of like here it's like it's cold at night yeah it's like 50s yeah. I mean the strip's a little warmer but yeah car racing who gives a shit but yeah. as a fan some of them were just bleachers I got a picture of like in front of the Bellagio where they do the little uh, dancing waterfall you know mm-hmm. there's just stands just like mm-hmm. regular kind of football stands. And they look pretty structured. Mm-hmm. And then next to that are like these, uh, like a better term, like a VIP booth. And it's just like a strip of indoor 
kind of looking like a greenhouse like uh kind really? of deals yeah off on, on like poles so you're a little bit elevated off the strip it will be interesting i, I know nothing about formula one but I just kind of like big live events and shit. It's like running a helicopter or a jet on the ground. That's yeah, yeah, and yeah. Open the cement, wheel. So the cement. I think they already uh, changed it or whatever. But people are driving on it. Like the roads weren't closed. Huh. So I assume maybe they'll do another layer and shut it down for a week. I don't know how that works either. No, I don't. You'd imagine that's highly important when you're flying 200 miles per hour. Yeah, just listening to a park a car podcast. I just know that they are essentially running like. Yeah, rocket ships. Run, yeah, at one, 1 o'clock in the morning or whatever, oh, really? like overnight, yeah. That's just, interesting. I mean, yeah. that's kind of cool. That's kind of Vegasy too, whether it is a money thing or not, right? Like, you go to a fancy dinner at 9, grab a mm-hmm. couple of drinks, gamble, and then you get to your seat at midnight. It'd be kind of a fun night. Yeah, I was listening to um, Matt Farah's podcast, and, um, like, he was offered a, um, a lap time before the race. Fun. But it was at, like, midnight to 1. Yeah, I'd do it. And then... It'd just be fun. Like, pole time was, was 1 o'clock in the morning. Or something yeah, like that. that is interesting. And it's just one race? Or do they do, like, qualifying? I think so like they, they have to do qualifying tournament? and yeah. they do heats, I think. Yeah, because I know literally nothing. I don't know anything at all. I tried to watch that show. I just couldn't get as caught up as other people did. Uh, we watched full swing version of it, but there's a Formula One version oh, of it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. that's, like, obviously it's been a giant sport worldwide, but I know in America... I don't think it was till after that show that there was even races here. There was like maybe one in Florida, and then that show popped off here, and now there's been like two in Texas, one in Vegas, and one in Florida. Mm. Like it obviously added to the audience and the the love for it here in America. So, yeah, which is crazy. Yeah, uh, I was looking around at other things that people are talking about in the world of. Um Powerlifting. One of them you were talking about the USPA and having, um, you know, tried to do, to go in a pro series direction and all yeah. that. Now, um, now they are dropping their approved equipment list, which I th- believe to be the biggest scam in powerlifting. Period. Yeah. yeah. In general, you mean? In general, yeah. yes. It is a weird thing. If you, if you have rules for measurements and all that, fun and dandy. But yeah, you start to get a paid approved list. I, I, I doubt it, but I wonder what that looks like at like high level sports. Like there's obviously a contract between Wilson or Spalding and the NBA each year for what the official NBA ball is. Mm-hmm. But that's like a whole different business thing, right? That's more like marketing and whatever. Like yeah. I doubt Nike has to pay something for Nike shoes to be allowed in the league, right? Probably not. And and like, is there a sport that now that professional athletes can't just wear whatever footwear they want, or what, or whoever There's, they're signed with, or what? Yeah, whether, I don't think so. There's still colorway uh, rules, maybe in the MLB. No, they just got they're, they're rid gone. of it. Yeah, maybe the gone. NFL. There's, I think maybe the NFL then. There's definitely a league that there's still colorway rules, which that I'm fine with. Like, yeah. I understand. I understand why in the 90s, like, you had to wear the same shoe color as your jersey. Like, that's fine. Um, but I don't think it's ever been an equipment manufacturing issue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you see now in, in, in Major League Baseball, you see um, guys wearing, like, the bright green or whatever. And and, and they're, they're, like, they've got wrist cuffs and their shoes match but nothing matches their uniform yeah, yeah. and they don't give a fuck yeah it's very nba yeah and, and like at least even baseball makes the least amount of sense to have that rule like basketball 
shoes, it still doesn't make sense. But hypothetically, mm-hmm. we wear jerseys so I don't pass you the wrong team the ball and right. shit. Like that ain't happening. Just in baseball. shirts and skins. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't ever need shirts and skins in baseball because you're either batting or you're not. Right, exactly. Um, it's, it's offense or defense, yeah. and there's no combination of the and two. Then, and then, like, the tradition of it, I wouldn't mind, you know, like, if, if that's a thing. And that's probably what it was in the NBA, like, to have some kind of, you mm-hmm. know, official uniform, and I, I get that. Um, but, yeah, I highly doubt. But in powerlifting, it's just a, it's a money grab. No, one billion percent. Because then each federation was doing their own thing, right? Because yeah. then we have so many federations, in particular USPA and the IPF. I don't, I don't think the WRPF has one. And having an approved list, I mean, even the USAPL to wear a T-shirt with a logo, you're going to bet. You know, like yeah, they're act like I don't understand if they want it to grow. Why don't they take pieces that work from other sports? Yeah, like college that wasn't like college basketball that wasn't a thing. The only thing is like if you wear anything you know like sweatbands or like shirts under your jersey like it has to match your jersey and that again goes back to like yeah not passing the wrong guy the ball so if we're wearing home jerseys we're wearing white jerseys mm-hmm. you can't wear a black shirt and you're not supposed to wear like black uh, sweatbands and shit you would wear white until you wear the away jersey but yeah there's no like money grabs going everywhere like why doesn't the usapl and the ipf because they want to go to the olympics and they want to be a legitimate sport and they want to be all these things and then i think we even talked about the media like I don't know what a media pass looks like in the NBA, but there's a hundred at the Lakers Kings game the other night. There's a hundred photographers from a hundred different websites, publications, yeah. companies, Nike. Everyone gets their own guy, and they probably have to pay a little thing to get in or whatever. But there's literally USAPL situations where you're not allowed to take photos. Yeah, like how has that ever been good for a sport, especially USAPL? That was, I mean, we could probably whip out the data to file this in court but like 100 percent grew because of social media oh yeah absolutely you know what i mean you look at the candidos and the omar esofs and the barquans like that that literally grew powerlifting in the early 2010s you know like especially the usapl powerlifting in general you know benefited obviously from podcasts and Mm -hmm. hopefully some work we did and whatever but the usapl in particular was literally just shouted out over and over by johnny candido yeah (laughs) you know it's the house that johnny built yeah and, and, and then now you're going to say like, yeah, let's probably not have any media besides our own media. Like, what the fuck? It's just so weird. It's just such backwards thinking to me. No, I agree. And it's like, it, there isn't a quality argument Mm-mm. at all. There's a control argument around contracting with vendors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all just money. You know, like like f- photography video vendors. Sure. Yeah, but just the T-shirt on a platform just blows my mind. That really blows my Even mind, Even at a too, local yeah. meet, it's technically a rule, which blows my freaking mind, man. Like, I've never heard of such a thing. It's the same thing with spandex underwear. If you're wearing... I heard boxer, they might have taken that out. Uh, yeah, it's just... Well, it, it if they took it out, it existed for a very long time before they took it out. No, forever. Yeah, literally and 30 years. Th- just the thought that some spandex in your underwear was somehow supportive well, especially now that like these knee sleeves are getting fucking obscene, you know? You're yeah. throwing a piece of cement on your knees and you're going to be worried about the type of underwear I got on. And, and to all you little fucks out there <laughs> that hate on like geared powerlifting and OG shit, yet you're buying a new pair of sleeves a month trying to get the stiffest sleeve in the market. Yeah. Like you're so backwards, man. And Mr. Specificity, you want to compete with kilo plates in the perfect Ohio power bar, and then you got a sticky shirt on and you're throwing rubber bands on your bench. You guys are fucking idiots. <sighs> you're so backwards in your thinking. You, one of my biggest pet peeves I found out, you know, because that's always a question, like what's your pet peeve? It's just literal like 
being illogical. And I know you can't really hate on someone for that because sometimes, you know, I'm sure I've made mistakes or said things that are illogical, but like just pure like hypocrisy within like how you move is so annoying. And that's a lot of powerlifting. They're throwing bands on every bench ever and then they won't bench with anything other than kilos because of specificity. You're like, what the fuck are you talking about? Weight is weight. I don't understand. Yeah. I don't understand the, the kilo fascina- fascination. I know that I know for deadlifts it makes a difference a little bit in terms of, of yeah. leveraging yeah, the even, stuff off the floor, but that's... Even squats, you know, if you're in the six, seven hundreds or bench well, if you're in the four, five hundreds, sure, but well, the amount of people that are doing that, and then again, you're wearing equipment. What's wrong with making the lift harder in training as opposed yeah. to... I don't know. If, I, I, I think... With harder the, than it'll be on the platform. I think with a deadlift, a pound plate would be easier, right? Because you're going to get more whip. Oh, I think that I don't know. I think that the kilo plate's easier because your the weight isn't distributed so far out on the bar. I don't know. I've always found more whip the wider the bar, and typically more whip's gonna be a little easier. Yeah, I, I, and it may be very individual as well. For for newer lifters who don't don't have experience with kilo plates going into a meet, um, they tend to overperform because they don't they can't clock the amount that's on the yeah on the bar. Potentially. Most of it for me, I, I don't care. If you want to be Mr. Specificity, that's great. But then, like, you just have to hold that standard. And why are you throwing yeah. bands on a bar? Yeah. You can't throw bands on a bench during other times. Why are you chalking weird shit? Why are you wearing weird shirts? And why are you doing all your downsets with straps? Yeah, uh, I want to draw a distinction between what we're talking about right now and a thing that drives me crazy uh, currently. We're, we're just talking about the fact that it's probably not that important uh, uh yeah that, to do these things it yeah. doesn't it doesn't really benefit you so why are you hung up on it whereas um i was watching a video the other day some nutrition person carrying on about um how organic isn't better for you it's like well why do you care yeah. if other people buy organic like it doesn't yeah why are you, you anti-organic yeah, yeah why are you anti-organic it's yeah. like if there's if there's any potential benefit, if only this, often organic farms, like actual organic farms, not you know not mainstream organic, you know labeled stuff. Yeah, they're small farmers. They're small farms. Yeah. Like support your small local farmer. And if you, yeah, and if you can't afford the dollar more or whatever, then just don't talk about it. Who cares? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like yeah. I like really, it's it's yum yucking for attention on social media. There's a lot of weird shit like that. Like, there's a lot of hate on, like, frozen vegetables. But it's been, like, proven frozen vegetables are actually, like, maybe second best option you got. Yeah. (laughs) You know what I mean? Exactly. I get them because they're cheap as shit. I get a pound of it because I eat a pound of veggies a day. Yeah. And it's a dollar. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like, and And then I travel so much. If I buy, like, I buy for, like, five days at a time. If I buy broccoli... For mm-hmm. five days at a time, it's going to go bad. It's not going to be good, but yeah. it's going to get bad. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, to go back on our old guy rants, uh, shout out to my friend Lindsay. She has a bunch of old guy rants in her Instagram story, which is funny. <laughs> so, like, she has two. One uh, is a meme from, I don't know who this guy is. I hate shouting out people in case they fucking suck, but I'll shout them out. You know what I mean? Like, because I've only seen one post from him. Like, if he's a total piece of shit, uh, I don't know. Uncle Nick, you might be fine. It's Uncle Nick, the super heavyweight. It might be someone we know. Who's Uncle Nick? Do I know you, buddy? 
No, I think he's oh, he's a lifter, but he's also like a meme page. It says uh, the young lifters today may not think much of my generation of lifter, but in the dark era of the sport, from the death of the original WPO to the post CrossFit Raw explosion, it was us who kept the sport alive while it was basically hanging out by a thread. So there's something for you all to discover. And then her next post said, "There's an entire generation out there," which is true. There's a lot of people in our fucking gym, too, and I yell at them. There's an entire generation of lifters out there who don't even know who Dan Green or Ed Cohn is, which is true and kind of crazy. This is true, yeah. Yeah, and that was kind of it for her rant. Yeah, I think that was it. Yeah. I mean, oh, that's kind of weird, but I, I do think that's just a, a new generational thing where, like, I've seen interviews of youngish guys in the NBA, like, kind of talking shit on, like, the Larry Birds and Magic Johnson stuff, which just blows my mind, you know? Like, even if it is true, oh, Larry Bird, like, couldn't keep up in today's league or whatever, like, one, we'll never know, right? Because yeah. you can't magically get 1984 perfect shape Larry in today's right. league. Like, you just can't make that happen. But then, two, like, it makes no sense to compare generations because literally you're not here without Larry. Right. You know what I mean? And so, like, same idea for me. I've just always been into the history of like music. Like I, Little Wayne's one of my favorite artists of all time, and I really got into Little Wayne, you know, in like junior high. So then I start to like creep back, like who he was inspired by, and then what his music came by, and then mm. who he listened to. And same with lifting. Obviously, it was a little bit more built into what I did. But like I've told the story a couple times before even joining Super Training. I knew they trained West Side. I didn't really know much about it, so I bought all like three. Of Louis's biggest books, read them all before I joined. Mm -hmm. You know, like just like little things, and I, I think it kind of comes. It does, and maybe the new generation doesn't see it that way. But it, for me, it does come down to like respecting history, respecting yourself, and mm -hmm. then like respecting the sport. Like you want to be, you want to be a power lifter so bad, but then you don't want to even put in like an ounce of effort to like care. You know, music, clothes, same thing. Like anything you do. If you truly like love it or you truly want to be a part of the community, I feel like you owe it to yourself and the community to kind of have some history. And those two names are like no-brainers. I understand, you know, like I don't know every NBA player ever, mm -hmm. but I know a fucking shit ton. Like I used to watch ESPN Classic, crazy. But like Dan Green, Ed Cohn should probably be near the top of the fucking list. Or Spoto's one I always joke about. I was joking out with Joe Sullivan Brandy when we talk about it. I'm like, dude, every kid in our gym is doing a Spoto press. They don't even know who the fuck Spoto is. Yeah, it's just a name. That's wild. Yeah. But but the thing is, he's not from the 40s. Right. You know what I mean? It's not the Arnold Palmer. No. If you say Arnold Palmer and a kid says, oh, I like lemonade, all right, I get it. Yeah. When, when did Arnold Palmer golf? Like the 50s. Yeah. Right? So I understand that. That's almost 100 years ago. <laughs> right? Yeah. Eric well. Spoto broke the record in 2013, 2014. Probably both. 14. Yeah. That's less than 13, 10 years ago. 13, yeah. Less than 10 years ago, you know? Or Larson yeah. Presses. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I was uh, I was on another podcast the other day, and we are talking about Spoto, and people don't understand what happened with Spoto. Like, what happened to Spoto? It's like, you guys don't know that, like, he was able to break that record because he was able to st stay healthy yeah. for long enough, his shoulders or whatever. Well, he wasn't, health, he wasn't healthy crazy for, young. Yeah. No. He was just a a big mother. Because you, you could argue now, like, all right, well, where's Kirill? Right. Like, he didn't break the record that long ago. But, like, that's just how it goes. That's how powerlifting goes. You're not going to have a 20-year career. I mean, even any sport, right? That's why, like, people aren't even, like, recognizing. They're just now recognizing how crazy LeBron is, you know? Well, I, 20 look, years of dominance isn't a thing in powerlifting. Ed Cohn, that's why he's the greatest of all time, right? Because he probably had a good 10, 15 years of dominance yeah. at different weight classes. Yeah, yeah. 
he he retired in what two thousand seven ish. Probably I technically, think? yeah. Yeah, I think that was yeah. His, but he was that pretty, was his last meet. So I think yeah, was, I mean he's smashing weight since the eighties. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And then you, I mean, the alternate approach is somebody like Jen Thompson who who basically chips her records. Yeah, you know, just chips them. And she's that's, another one. Yeah, I mean, you could argue she's the greatest powerlifter of all time potentially because yeah, you know, her just consistency. Near the top for the longest. Yeah. Right? That's the argument against now against Jordan LeBron. Like, all right, Jordan probably had more condensed success. Yeah. But 20 years of whooping ass at the highest? Yeah. Pretty fucking remarkable. And he's got to wind down at some point, right? I, I mean, don't know. Now now there's a teaser. I think it might have been a Nike commercial. His wife's doing like a voiceover. Because the whole thing he said publicly is that he wants to play with his son, right. Ronnie. Well, now it turns out his younger son's probably better. Um, and his younger son's going to be a sophomore or junior. So now the rumor is like, all right, he might want to stick around to play with his youngest son. Yeah, we'll play with both. Oh my which God. is crazy. I mean, shout out to Bronny. Hopefully, Bronny's all right. He had a you know some heart issues in the beginning of the season. I I don't know if he gets to play this season, but I think he had surgery and has been cleared. That's crazy to see at eighteen, but because uh, he's good. I mean, he got a full ride to USC. Obviously, having the last name James helps, but he is good. But the younger brother's fucking crazy good. That would be that's got to be a first, right? Father and two sons on the same team, even a father son on the same team. Did the Griffies play together for a second? The Griffies played, I think, a very short period of time yeah. together, yeah. and that was probably it. Yeah, Ken Junior is in a commercial right now for something. I can't remember what it is. That's, um, but he's he is he's not fat. He is big. Yeah, I saw. That. He is so much bigger than our than his yeah. than his playing days. Which yeah, I mean, he's he been a, to the gym. He was a freak when he was. A, oh, he, you mean jacked? Yeah. Oh, because I saw uh, his face a little while ago, and it looked kind of chunky. I wonder if he's got some steroid action. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Because he was he was a freak when he played. Yeah. Like for a baseball player. Yeah. Obviously, the Mark McGuire and all them kind of changed what a baseball player looks like. But yeah. <laughs> he was he was just a freak athlete. You know, yeah. he was in, uh, they used to have a. They, I wish they brought it back. There's probably just not enough. Uh, I think it was All Star Weekend in the NBA. They would have other sports come to a dunk contest, mm-hmm. and Ken Griffey was in it. I think Deion Sanders, maybe maybe even like Jerry Rice. Uh, and Ken Griffey's crazy. You know, he's tall, but not NBA tall. He's six three, six four. Uh, but his dunks were nuts. Like he's just a freak athlete. I think I said before that, like in the eighties, um, there was a group of of forty ers who had a basketball team that would play. Oh, for shits and gigs. Yeah, that's fun. The off, like off season exhibition-y, but yep. not exactly. There's like they couple. were they were competitive. They were intending to be sure. competitive. They were that was those big men yeah. playing basketball. There's a I think it's the Browns, Cleveland Browns preseason. They had like a shitty Walmart uh, hoop on the football field and they're having guys like do a dunk contest. Mm-hmm. But Miles Garrett, uh, arguably the best f- defensive player in the NFL, uh, he was sneaking into some summer league games. He played at the Cavs, like allowed him to play in like a summer league game. If you're freaky enough, you know, and a lot of those guys grew up playing both. You know, Randy Moss played high school basketball with Jason Williams, the, the famous point guard. So like, there's definitely crossover places. Mm-hmm. Guys that play LeBron, the easiest one. You know, I think Ohio State, I'd give him a full ride, play tight end. Yeah. That doesn't just happen. Yeah. And I think the expectation that a professional athlete's sons will follow them and be as potentially as good is a really damning thing. But like, yeah. Like, like Barry Bonds is Bobby Bonds. Uh, not oldest son. There's there's uh, Bobby Jr. Twins, yeah. yeah. And Ken Griffey Jr. is known as a better player, yeah? Than his dad? Yeah. 
Because, like, uh, Steph Curry, obviously, is, like, game-changing. And Dale Curry was very good, but mm-hmm. Steph Curry's clearly better. And then Seth Curry made the league, too, which is kind of rare. Double brothers plus a dad. Yeah. Even that, you can probably count on one hand how many times that happened. And nothing's guaranteed with the James brothers because then politics does play a small role, like, whether they're good enough or not. Right. And that's always been the biggest nag, you know, like, Jordan's kids weren't that good. Uh, Scotty's Pippins kid just got released from the Lakers, but is obviously holding his own. Um, and there's all the names now are like the generation I grew up watching's kids, mm. like Kenyon Martin's kids, either in the league. Shaq's kids uh, had some heart issues too, uh, but I think made a little run at it. Maybe he's playing in Europe now, but obviously the pressure of LeBron's kids is immense. Yeah, I would imagine so. Yeah, you think it's like this is someone who's in contention for greatest of all time. And social media era is just different. You know, the Jordans and shit didn't have to fuck with that. Um, It would be interesting to see history rewritten with the social media pressures. Because it's 24-7. You know, unless you played in L.A. in the 80s and 90s, it's not like you you could probably play an Indiana Pacers Mm -hmm. and live life normally. Right, because you go to the yeah. grocery store, they're only going to be fans. Right, it's not everyone. Basketball mm. wasn't as popular, and they're probably going to be nice to you. Like, there's nowhere you can go as a celebrity now. Yeah, you know, I think that's true. Yeah, you're fucked. Like back then, it was literally just paparazzi in L.A. Probably, maybe New York. You don't have to be that big a celebrity. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, yeah. To be, be uncomfortably yeah. recognized. Yeah, you'd be Barquan. Yeah, yeah. You, you have any kind of level of success, and you get recognized everywhere. It's crazy. It is a weird world. Yeah, when we were in in Vegas last year uh, with Bart for uh, USAPL Nationals last year, and we're walking through a casino and like the bartender recognizes yeah. him. A very random bartender in like the lobby. Yeah. It is weird. It is weird. We get free drink out of it, so. True. Yeah, yeah. It is a much different era. Yeah, even like what Jordan had to deal with, you know? Yeah. He probably could live in the suburbs of Chicago. Probably get away with going to the grocery store, you know. Mm-hmm. Probably sneak around. Now, fucked. I think that I mean there are actors who are relatively well known who can go to the grocery store in L.A. But if they were going to the grocery store, yeah, you know, or airport, yeah, or yeah, more common shit. Yeah, because you can you can seclude yourself and live by other celebrities, right? Right. You all live in Calabasas. You're only going to see other celebrities at the grocery store and probably not get bothered. Yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. But imagine, yeah, most places you're going to get screwed, man. Social media is a whole different animal. Even being a kid, you know, being brawny, LeBron James kid's probably getting hounded everywhere he goes. Pictures, yeah. autographs, he's probably got to have security. I mean, all the streamers I watch and shit, they're all moving around with security now because you just never know what's going to happen. Very One, violence, obviously, and actually being secure. But two, it's just like moving through crowds and situations. Yeah. And never forbid that you should be on the wrong side of somebody's politics. Right. Or anything. Yeah. Yeah, or anything. Who knows? Yeah, Who heard, knows what you say online that pisses off the wrong guy? And I heard that, that um, Mitt Romney spends $5,000 a day on personal security for himself and his yeah. family, separate from yeah, whatever. whatever the Senate provides. Yeah, I believe it. I highly believe it. Yeah, because- Not you, a life I want. Yeah, you can be a target anywhere. I for guess. sure. Well, that's all about all I got for today. Yeah, we're chilling. Um, ladies and gentlemen, stay tuned. If you want to get involved right now, we are running a three-year sale. To thank you so much for repping good companies. So if you want to get involved, 3sb.co, use code 3YEAR. Get a little uh, 20% off anything on the website only for two more days. 
Um, and then check out Legion Supplements. If you guys want to grab some pre-workout or just general health supplements, they got greens. They got everything formulated by doctors. Um, true, true, truly products that I can get behind. I'm about to chug some pre-workout right now and bench. Uh, use code Good Company at checkout. All right. I'm Sal Michael. You want to find me? New episodes every Wednesday and Friday. I am at the Jimmy D on all the social media. This show is 50% facts where percent is a word and 50 is just numbers. 50% facts is a Spreaker Prime podcast in association with iHeartMedia on the Obscure Celebrity Network. And we'll talk to you next time. <laughs>